This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Lucas Ruta is an accomplished speaker, entrepreneur, author, business success mentor, and founder of SGIC Consulting, which works with clients to build high-performance strategy and implement that strategy across their businesses to achieve the maximum growth potential possible. With over 19 years of success across banking, technology, investments, health and wellness, athletics, and interactive media, also known as gaming, Lucas helps identify roadblocks to success where his clients could be heading towards failure. He specializes in speaking to entrepreneurs and business owners on getting their strategy on track for business and massive growth. Hey, Lucas, welcome to the show. Morning, Mark. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, you say morning, but someone could be listening to the show in the afternoon, the middle of the night. Who knows when they're listening to it? But uh, it is Saturday, September 4th. Can you believe it's September 4th already? This is insane. It seems like we were just celebrating Happy New Year to 2021, and now we have less than four months to go. (laughs) (laughs) It really does. Yeah. You know, the days keep on moving. Uh, There's a show I used to watch called White Collar a number of years ago. And there's this character on there called Moz, M-O-Z. And he used to say, time was invented, so everything doesn't happen at once. I just love that. I mean, we're <laughs> a year and a half into COVID. I mean, it seems seems like it started. Now it's like, oh, yeah, COVID, whatever. It's like, you know, it, the media is trying to sensationalize it. Most people are gone back to their lives. Just, I got work to do. I got I got people to serve. Yep. Yep. We're wearing masks. I mean, there are small changes, but yeah, we're back to our lives. Well, I thankfully, I think in the last year and a half, I've worn a mask four times. I work from home. I'm a hermit. I never go outside. <laughs> I never go outside. And my church doesn't require mask or vaccinations. And so I just live at home in my little shell of a, a house. And I don't go outside. So it really doesn't bother me. I'm not going to wear a mask on a Zoom call or something like that. Uh, but yeah, life has changed a little bit. But, you know, I, I just saw a video from Grant Cardone the other day. I was actually watching this 10X GrowthCon replay, and they were saying that after the big flu pandemic in 1918, uh, there was a massive growth that happened after the flu left. And I think that's what's going to happen when this thing finally leaves. And it will leave us. Believe it or not, folks, this is eventually going to leave. It's not going to be here uh, for the rest of our lives. We're going to have a massive prosperity growth. So get ready. If you're ready like Lucas and I, Get ready because I think it's going to be a really great time ahead of us because we're going to have to make up for uh, 2020 and 2021. So you are a productivity nerd like me, and I love talking to fellow nerds because I really geek out on this stuff. And it's like when people don't like to talk about productivity, I'm like, why don't you like to talk about productivity? It's so fun. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about, let's start with an overview of how do you approach productivity? What are your thoughts of productivity in the year 2021? Cool. Um, You know, here are two things that I do that I find lots and lots of other people don't do. And they're so simple and they're so easy. We, we're actually pretty good about thinking about things like an engineer, deconstructing and reconstructing. We're actually pretty good at it. It's, it's not really a special skill of mine. It's something most people are pretty good at. Now, we use that in different ways. We think about it from a food perspective. We think about it from an activities perspective. I've taken that generally applicable talent and I've applied it to the day. I've deconstructed the day and then reconstructed it. And weirdly, just that little thing 
has created the opportunity for me to just decide the way I want the different pieces of the day to fit together. I mean, it's really that simple. Now, I do way more than that to optimize my productivity. But if you just do that, think about how your day is going to end up looking at the end of the day and then make changes about how you want those pieces of your day to fit together. Just that little, you know, being intentional about how you construct your day is going to make an enormous difference. That is so profound what you just said there, because a lot of people, I have this vision, they wake up. And they're, they didn't get enough sleep, so they're already off on the wrong foot. They grab their phone to check their messages, to check their social media, to check their email. Then they stumble down the hallway like a zombie to go get the cup of coffee. <laughs> and I'm like, you already started the day on the wrong foot. And you just have been awake for 30 seconds. And one of the things I do, I wake up and you know I read my Bible. I do that every day. And then I open my bullet journal and I ask one question. What would make today awesome? Because I want to set that intention. What would make today awesome? Like you made that list yesterday. I say yesterday because the listeners hearing this on Saturday, September 4th, we recorded literally yesterday. And so you're, you made that list. And then at the end of the day, I'll say, well, was it an awesome interview? I don't know. We're still doing the interview right now. And then I write my, <laughs> I have 10 goals I write down. I write down my goals every day. I learned that habit from Grant Cardone. And the reason why I do that is I want to set, my intention for the day. I don't want to end of the day and go, well, whatever happens, happens. I want to set my intention. And I agree with you. If more people did that, they would find they get the end of the day and go, wow, I had a really great day today. Yep. Whether it's, whether it's a day where you accomplished a lot of work items or not. And uh, the next piece for me is take productivity back from work. And I mean that absolutely literally take productivity back from work. You can be productive when you're resting on your couch. You can be productive when you're out taking your walk with your dog. Those are actually productive things. They're just not work products, right? So take your productivity back from work and start thinking about how to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really Um, good point because people think productivity is just for work, but you made a very good point. Productivity is not just for work. Productivity is for all 24 hours of your day. Hundred um, percent. And when you start thinking about each of the things that you're going to do in terms of whether or not you're being productive, and productive simply means did I accomplish what I wanted to accomplish while I was working on that activity? If I'm sleeping, I want my sleep to be productive. I want to get out of the end of my sleep and say, "Oh, that was great sleep. I feel phenomenal. I'm refreshed. I'm recovered." If I'm meditating, I want my meditation to be productive. I want to have work through some thoughts, or I want to have achieved really serious silence inside my brain. If I'm reading a book, the Bible, for instance, I want my reading to be productive. It's not about getting through pages. It's about having a plan and working towards that plan, whatever that plan is. I once heard Tony Robbins say that you should approach everything you do with intentionality. So if you want to sit down on a Sunday afternoon and watch your favorite football team, then you go, you know what? I'm going to sit down and enjoy the football game for three hours and not feel guilty about it. The problem is when people sit down and like, I don't know, I'm going to watch a game. Then you watch the second game. Then you watch the nighttime game. You're like, oh my gosh, the whole day's gone. So just, 
I love how you said it. It's so simple. Just say, what are your intentions? If your intentions are, I worked hard all day. I'm not going to be on technology today. I'm going to binge watch some show on Netflix. As long as you're saying, I'm going to intentionally do that today. I think you're better off than just like, well, that's just what I'm going to do. And oh, that's what happened. Yep. A hundred percent. And, and similarly, if your intention is to sit down on the couch and binge eat a pint of ice cream <laughs> and look, there are days where that happens to me. It's not very often, but there are days where that's my intention. And I do sit down on the couch and I watch Netflix and I binge eat some ice cream. And on the other end of it, there's no guilt. That was my plan. That's what happened. I felt great. That is so simple. But listener, did you hear what he said? No guilt. So if you are doing something intentionally, there's no guilt. The problem is you're doing stuff and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that because you just did it reactively. So I want to talk about working from home because I've been working from home since I was fired from my job back in July 2005. So this is like the COVID thing. Nothing changed for me. <laughs> but a lot of people were forced into working from home. And one of the questions I get all the time is, okay, how do I deal with the distractions and how do I deal with the temptations? Now, because my listeners been hearing my voice a lot, I'm going to let you go first. And then I'm going to, mm -hmm. if, if you don't say what I usually say, then I'll fill in the gap. So what do you say people when they say, okay, Lucas, like I, I like working from home, but I got the temptation of doing other things. What would you say to them? So there's two answers. The first one is just don't be tempted. And Obviously, they've heard that answer, so we're going to move on. <laughs> the second one is go back to the first thing that I said, where you approach your day like an engineer and deconstruct and reconstruct. Only this time, keep in mind that the day that we're thinking about is the day where you were, as you feel, productive while you're in the office, because that's what you're comparing yourself to. All right. Now, what were the things that made you productive while you were in the office? It's not that there weren't distractions. There were a billion distractions. The person in the cube next door was talking on their phone all friggin' day long. <laughs> for whatever reason, that didn't bother you. And there are some elements that made it possible for you to be focused in that cacophony of work noise. Okay? So what are those elements for you? You're going to have to figure that out on your, on your own, but I do have some things that'll help you think about them. Number one, you had a workspace that you didn't use for anything except work. Okay. You didn't eat your lunch there. You didn't play soccer games there. You didn't have your kids there. It's not because they weren't allowed. It's because that would have been really inconvenient. There's a bring your kids to work day for a reason. You go out of your way to have your kids there. Like it is out of your way. The result of the fact that you don't ever have those other activities at your workspace is when you sit down there, your psyche is actually primed. Think of like priming the pump on old gas, uh, you know, old gas lawnmowers where you had to go down and like push the little thing to, yep. to get it ready to turn on. Your psyche is primed for productivity in that space. Does your to-do list have you overwhelmed? When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm, and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. All right. I don't know what happened there, but uh, my software decided to abruptly end the recording. So 
Of course, Lucas was in the middle of his thoughts, so he's going to probably repeat some of what he said, but that's okay. Uh, it's technology, folks. This is what happens, even though we're in September 2021. Stuff happens, right? Poop emoji happens. So, Lucas, try to remember where you, I mean, obviously you don't know exactly when we got cut off, but try to pick up your thought and let's continue with the show. Awesome. So uh, the first step is making sure that you have a workspace that's specifically used for work and you do it at home and you only use that space for work and you don't use it for anything else. Now, once you've got that, that idea in your head and you're like, okay, this is my workspace. I'm not going to use this for anything else. Then you can start to make choices about other things that are distractions, Mm. right? This is my workspace. It's not the place for me to be playing cell phone games. Now, none of you have two phones, right? This isn't the old office where you had an office phone and you still had your cell phone in your pocket. None of you have two phones. I don't have two phones. Mark, you've been working from home for 16 years now. You probably don't have two phones, which means your cell phone will be in your workspace with you. But again, you've primed the pump for this to be a productive workspace. So it's that much easier to not engage with the distractions of the cell phone and start using it only as the work tool that it can be. All right. A lot of good ideas. You didn't repeat what I normally said, which is awesome. What I sell people for the the temptations, what you're going to have, you're going to get up from your desk, your work area, you're going to go into the other room, you're going to get some water and you go, oh, the dishes need to be done. Oh, I need to load the dishwasher, unload the dishwasher. I should put a load of laundry in. And I say, because you said deconstruct your day, schedule it. So if you schedule housework from 1.30 to 2, then when you walk out to get the water and you go, oh, the dish is in the sink. Oh, wait a minute. It's only 1045. It's not time to do chores yet. That way, you know, it's on your schedule. So it's going to get done. But now you can just get your water and go back. The other thing I'm a big fan of, you're right. I have one phone. It's right here next to me, but I like using the do not disturb feature and coming very soon. If you're an iPhone person, there's a very small change that they're going to bring to the do not disturb. It's called focus. Now, if you have iOS 15, if you upgrade to iOS 15, I'm on the beta. What this does, because do not disturb is all or nothing. And I never like that because you don't get anything. Well, with focus, it's kind of like a tweakable do not disturb. So you can say, okay, I'm going to read, but the only app I want to be able to notify me is my calendar app. So I know when it's time to go to my next activity. See right now, do not disturb is nothing, but the focus is going to allow you to say, okay, this one person can text me and this one app or these two apps can notify me, but no one else can. I think this is a small feature that most people aren't going to know about it when it first comes, but I have, I think I've got seven focus options for it. Reading for when I go out and get vitamin D, you know, when I'm writing um, on my blog, I can determine what I want to, to bother me. And I think if you have an iPhone and you upgrade to iOS 15, you will fall in love with the focus feature. But I love what you said too. Now, my wife and I are empty nesters. So I primarily this second bedroom is my office, but I don't have the distractions. I guess maybe because I'm naturally disciplined, I don't get pulled into the dishes or doing the load of wash. I don't down that problem. But if you do, it's really important. Like you said, you have a dedicated area and every other human being in your home knows when you're in that area, it's work time. And I would even go further to say, Hey, Post your office hours where your family can see. I'm going to work nine to noon and then one to four, whatever the case may be, and say, unless it's an emergency and you have to qualify an emergency, 
Susie won't let Bobby play with the truck. That's not an emergency. You have the other spouse there or some other adult. Got to explain what the emergency is. But I, I really love what you said about that. Awesome. Thank you. And yeah, schedule it 100%. 100%. One thing is we're not very good at at getting rid of a list that we're keeping in our mind. So as soon as you scheduled it, write it down. Because as soon as you write it down, your psyche's like, oh, okay, I've done my job. I've reminded you. And now we can move on. And so your brain can focus much more deeply if you're not carrying that list in your head. That's very important. What I tell people is they go, okay, well, you told me what I'm focusing. I shouldn't be on you know, social media. I shouldn't be on text messaging. It shouldn't be an email. But what if a thought comes to my head? I said, well, you keep a little piece of paper next to your work area. And when the thought comes up, you write just enough down in that piece of paper so you remember it later. You don't go searching on Google for it. You don't start doing an outline. You just write a few words. So when you're done, you're like, oh yeah, I have to go work on this or better yet, go schedule it for later. That way you capture it, like you said, once, because if you don't capture it, your brain is going to go into massive overdrive. It's going to say, I have to focus on the task at hand. Okay. This new thought came in. I got to remember that. Oh, I got to remember this. I got to remember that. So you give your brain a break when you write it down, it can go, okay, I see that they wrote it down. I can let it go. And then you can brain can go back to focusing what you're working on. Yep, exactly. And for the Android users that you have listening to you, um, similar to what you're describing in focus is battery saver mode. Um, it, it allows phone calls, text messages, your, uh, your, um, calendar, and then whatever app you have open right now, but nothing else. So phone calls, text messages, your calendar, those are the work things. I want those things to be interrupting me anyway, Mm -hmm. or at least I want them to be able to, and I'll make a decision when it comes in at the moment. And then whatever app you're using right at that moment, which means my email unless I'm using it, does not notify me on my cell phone, which is a good thing. If it's coming in here on my computer, I don't need my cell phone to be buzzing. I don't have notifications turned on for email. I have the only notifications I have on for social media is Snapchat. That's because my daughter and I Snapchat a lot and I want to know when she sends me a message. But I have all those turned off. But I want to ask you another question. One of the things I'm really big on is telling people to disable vibration mode. Because if you put your phone on mute and you get a text message, your phone's going to vibrate. It's going to make a noise. You're going to be distracted. So I tell people, turn off vibration mode. Keep your phone face down. That way, when you mute it and put it face down, you're not disturbed. What are your thoughts on that? I leave vibration mode on. uh, But in my office, I have a couch and I put my phone on my couch. Ah, okay. So um, it, it will vibrate, the, the screen will turn on. But if I'm focused, because of the fact that it's on my couch and it's over there, it's a good seven feet away from me. And unless I'm looking for that to interrupt me, it's just not enough. Okay, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. So I hear a lot of people talk about never keep your cell phone in your bedroom. And again, I must be an outlier because I charge my iPhone right next to my bed. And I'm not tempted to check it. The reason why it's there, because I only have the one phone. I have elderly parents in Florida. Okay. My dad's 80. My mom's 76 with late onset Alzheimer's. My father's had some issues where some neighbors had a, you know, rushed down to his house because he's in Florida. I'm in Houston. And so there's only five people that can call me in the middle of the night. My mom, my dad's cell phone, my mom's, my mom and dad's home phone. 
uh, the neighbor and a couple other people, only people in emergency. So I keep it there because I have elderly parents, but I am not tempted to wake up in the middle of the night when I have to use the restroom to check on social media. But if you have that problem, I would suggest you keep the phone out. But if you have a case like me with one phone and you have elderly parents, it's probably a good idea to keep it next to your bed just in case. And guess what? I've not received a phone call yet, but I know one day I'm going to get that dreaded phone call. I'm not looking forward to it, but it's it's a fact of life. Hmm. I agree. Um, I do the same thing. My parents' home phone, my parents' cell phones, they're allowed to, to get through my do not disturb and I keep my phone in my bedroom. It's not close to my bed. It's 10 feet away. If somebody were to actually call, and it could only be those three numbers, but if they were to actually call, I would have to get up out of bed and go to my phone in order to get to it. Okay. Well, believe me, it's right next to my bed. If someone calls that phone, I'm getting out of bed because I know if someone's calling in the middle of the night, it's not to say, hey, how's it going? It's something serious. So I'm going to be at full alert anyway, so it wouldn't matter where the phone is. Uh, But I don't get any notifications or anything like that. I just, you, you know, I just... What drives me nuts is when I'm with other people and their phone sounds like a music box. Ding, swoosh, boing. It's like you have every notification turned on. Oh, I never I never thought about turning them off. I'm like, that is so annoying. If I forget to mute my phone, (laughs) most of my notifications do pop up on my screen, but I only have like about a handful of them that have the noise attached to them. And that's the thing I don't people realize that you can go into your apps and turn off the sound. So if you're not looking at your phone, you don't know you have a notification. It's not the notification so much as it's, it's that dreaded sound. Yep. I have the sounds turned off on all of my apps. My phone only makes noise when I'm playing videos or if the sound is on and somebody calls me. That's it. That's interesting. Well, I have my calendar on because like I get really into reading a book. And if I don't have that calendar alert pop up and go, ding, this is the next task. I will might keep on reading for two, three hours and then work can get done. So I do have that on and also my my uh, to-do list. But my to-do list normally is knocked out first thing in the morning because I those are really small things. Um, so one of the things you said you wanted to talk about was I'm really interested uh, the space management, we could talk about that in a minute, but clothing. I, I think I know where you're going with this, but uh, I want to see what you say. Hey, you listening to the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to MrProductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, MrProductivity.com. Yeah. So um, I think people are really comfortable rolling out of bed or even not rolling out of bed, staying in bed, pulling their laptop onto their lap, logging into their Zoom cowl and like trying to freshen up their hair, you know, at 8.59 as Zoom is starting to open up. <laughs> I, I see it a lot. I have a lot of friends who talk about how delighted they are to do that. Look, um, I'm, I'm glad that you're having fun with this. And I don't want you to stop having fun with this. But let me tell you something. Your sleep is suffering because now your sleep your sleep brain doesn't know whether or not it's work time or sleep time when you get into your bed. And your work is suffering because your work brain doesn't know if it's work time or sleep time when you're on that laptop. We're, 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 we're doing horrible things by allowing these paths to cross inside our brains. And the, the more that we work towards reinforcing the the groove, the groove of when I'm working, I'm working, when I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping, and there isn't a crossover, the better we're going to be at managing that. And the same thing goes for clothes. 
it's not so much that I want to be appearing professional while I'm on screen. It's that I want to create the environment inside my brain, inside my body that recognizes that now is work time. And the best way to do that is to put on clothes that I don't use for anything else. Okay, I confess that's not where I thought you're going to go. But I will tell you there's only two things you should be doing in bed. Having sex and sleeping. That's it. Not watching TV, not watching YouTube videos. So I agree with you 100% on that. I thought you were going to go down the road with Steve Jobs and Mark uh, Mark Zuckerberg, who wear the same clothes every day because it's easier. But you surprised me. And what you say makes a lot of sense. I work from home. Now, now you can't see this, a listener, but I am in a, a sleeveless shirt. It's Houston, Texas. But this is what I wear to work every day. Okay? This is I'm comfortable in. But I wake up. I go for my run. I come home at breakfast. I shower and I get dressed in fresh clothes. I will not go throughout the day, a work day unbathed that drives me nuts. Well, I'm working from home. Yeah. But if you're going in the office, you would bathe, you would put on fresh clothes and it's not so much for the other people in your household. It's for your mindset because it tells your mindset. Okay. This is serious. This is not a joke. This is not a hobby. I'm taking what I'm going to do seriously. And that, that is so powerful what you said there. A hundred percent. So if collared shirts are the magic thing for you, then go back to wearing collared shirts when you're working. Keep it magic. But it, it doesn't have to be collared shirts that are the magic thing. If, if you feel productive while you're wearing a tracksuit, just make sure that you don't use your tracksuit for anything else so that you always know that when you're putting that tracksuit on, it's work time. Good point. When I'm, when I'm working, I don't wear my running shirt <laughs> or my, or my sweatband. It's that for running. Yep. So very good point. So the final thing I want to talk to you about was space management. I think you already touched on this a little earlier when we were talking about work from home. Is that what you mean by space management, having a dedicated space at home? Yes. Having a dedicated space, making sure that it's wide enough. Fill it up with things that support your productivity and make sure you don't fill it up with things that get in the way of your productivity. So let's look at what a, a home office used to have. It used to have your bills and your tax documents and, um, you know, pictures of your neighbor's dog. Not that we don't like your neighbor's dog. Right. Um, and four or five house plants. And look, Every single one of those maybe belonged inside of a space that was used to do things that matter a little bit, but isn't used most of the time. All right. But you're at home now. You're working from that work from home office. And it's no longer that you can't have those things littering your productivity space because those things don't support your productivity anymore. So take out the things that don't belong and start putting in things that do belong to support your productivity. Maybe for you, the smell of coffee, maybe you don't want to drink six cups of coffee a day and that's cool, but the smell of coffee really supports your productivity. So brew a whole pot of coffee and leave it on the burner in your office all day long. It's going to be ruined. You don't want to drink that after 11 o'clock, but because it's there and filling your office with that smell of coffee, that supports your productivity. What about someone who is starting their entrepreneurial journey? They've got a full-time job. They live in a really teeny tiny apartment. And let's say they have a spouse and they have a kid. So they really don't have a dedicated room. Is it okay to say, okay, this is my space, but when I'm done, the family needs that space. I'll put everything in the corner. Is that okay? Absolutely. 
but you got to do something that supports that being separate and distinct and different. So it's okay for you to use the kitchen table. All right. But you got to do something in order to support that. I, I, um, I don't know, you can't see it, but I, you could put a work mat down on the table. So now, you know, it's a little bit different. It's changed. That's your work mat. And when you're working, you're working there on the work mat. Okay. Maybe, you know, maybe again, maybe you have the coffee smell and you don't have that. Co- if, if you're going to use things like smells and sounds to support your productivity, be really careful about making sure that you don't have those things when you're not being work productive, right? So if the coffee smell is meaningful to you and you're leaving that pot of coffee on the burner all day long, then on Saturdays, make sure that you throw away the coffee that you're done with when you're done with it, because you don't want that smell sitting around. It will dilute the value of that input to your productivity. You know, you, you mentioned coffee smell twice and my wife likes going to Starbucks. And I, I realized a couple of times ago, I think they pipe in that smell like they do at Disney World. <laughs> because you smell the same smell. And so if you could find out how to get that smell without having a pot of coffee and just have it like uh, one of those room refreshers, just that would probably save you some money. Um, Lucas, before we wrap up, is there anything else on your heart that you'd like to share with us today? Um, uh, yes. Uh, so I, <laughs> on that smell thing, I, I used to live in New York City long before I started my own business and moved out here to California. Um, and I, I would walk down the street in the mornings and I loved the smell of cinnamon from the bakeries. One morning I walked in and talked to them about it. And I found out just like you suggested that they actually put cinnamon in their fires so that it goes into the smoke so that it fills the neighborhood with the smell of cinnamon to encourage you to walk in the door. Like, so in my case, it were like, I loved that smell, but it's funny. It's a, it's an, it's an engineered manufactured smell. Like they're putting it there for you. Now that smell walking down the street, smelling that smell, like on Saturdays, if I get up a little bit later, I head out to the street a little bit later. I don't get that smell. It became part of my productivity. Ah. It became part of what turns my brain on and says it's, it's 7am. I'm walking towards work. I'm smelling this smell. I'm, I'm enjoying it, but also it starts to it starts to kick off the process. And I noticed when I switched to working from home that I had to do other things that turned me on. And, and obviously we can talk about that from a sexual perspective as well. But what I'm really talking about is turning me on to whatever activity that I want to be productive in. And sex is one of those things. It takes us time, just like getting turned on for sex. We, it's not instant. Even when you're 17, it's still not instant. It, <laughs> maybe it only takes two or three minutes, but it is not instant. Mm. And so thinking about the fact that it takes us a little bit of time to get, to get ramped up and turned on to an activity really gives us the power to create that as a routine, to create that as a system that supports and serves us, turn ourselves on for work, turn ourselves off and back on for family time. And all of the pieces of the puzzle that we've talked about today are supposed to support that, right? So your workspace, your clothes, engineering your day, each time that you're going to change activities, you can think about that as an opportunity to turn yourself on to the next activity, like really like press the button, prime the pump a little bit, pull the, you know, 
the the drawstring like really get that lawnmower going let it let it spin up a little bit let it cough a few times i'm talking about these old push lawnmowers of <laughs> yeah. course if you guys got me like for for better or worse we are amazing amazing beings but we also work kind of like those old push lawnmowers in that it takes us a little bit of while to get up and going towards a thing whatever that thing is and so work with that use elements that work for you and test i mean n equals 1 experiments test everything all the time over and over again move things around, test some more, like the more that you can do to see what's going to support you, the better off you're going to be. I'm constantly testing new things. Uh, you know, uh, I, I went through, I can't even tell you how many planners I went through. And, and then I found myself just going to a bullet journal and taking the little snippets of every planner I liked and incorporating it in my bullet journal. So yeah, you should test. Don't just listen to Lucas and don't just listen to me or anybody else. Listen to what we're saying and go, okay, you know what? I like what Lucas said and what Mark said and what Brandon said and what Gary said and what on and on and on. And then because when you create your own system, you're more likely to use it. So fascinating conversation with you, Lucas. How can we go find out more about you? I know you're really big on LinkedIn or I'm sorry, on Instagram. Uh, is that where you want us to go or do you have a website you want us to go? Tell us more about that. Yeah, both. Um, I'm, I'm very big on Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. In a previous life, I was a food writer, so I still have a fairly large following in there. And I engage with them pretty deeply and pretty regularly. So if you want to find me, Instagram, I'm at Luke, L-U-C root, one word, at Luke root. Um, same thing with LinkedIn. I have a small but growing following on LinkedIn. Again, it's LinkedIn forward slash I-N forward slash Luke root, L-U-C-R-O-O-T. Um, or my uh, my website is lucasroot.com. All right. Well, I want to thank you for being here today and sharing your insights. I, I always geek out talking to other productivity experts because I always learn something and it's incredible. So thank you so much for being here today. This has been great. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stucheski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has value. So if you want to sign up, absolutely free. Just head on over to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com.